morning, Reverend Welsh is going to speak to us on some selected verses from chapter 2 of the book of 1 John. Last week, we set the stage by saying that this book was written to reaffirm the beliefs of the community during a time of spiritual upheaval and confusion, which is a feeling that we understand today. The author that we call John uses themes that are familiar to us from John's Gospel. Themes of word and light and love and truth. Now there are also some strong statements in here about sin. And these are meant to correct some false teaching from some people who were trying to lead the community astray. John's goal in this book is to build up the community, to make it strong and loving and healthy. And our reading this morning is a direct continuation from last week when we talked about the freedom that follows confession. So before I read this morning's text, here again these few verses from the end of chapter 1. If we walk in the light as God is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus the Son purifies us from all sin. If we claim to have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, the one who is faithful and righteous will release us from our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. And now 1 John chapter 2, verses 1 through 11 and 15 through 17 from the New Revised Standard Version. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the Righteous One. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. Now by this, we may be sure that we know him, if we obey his commandments. Whoever says, I will come to know him, but does not obey his commandments, is a liar, and in such a person, the truth does not exist. But if anyone obeys the word, Love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Dear friends, I am not writing you a new command, but an old one, which you've heard since the beginning. This old command is the message you have heard. Yet I am writing you a new command. Its truth is seen in him and in you, because the darkness is passing, and the true light is already shining. Anyone who claims to be in the light, but hates a brother or sister, is still in the darkness. Anyone who loves their brother or sister lives in the light, and there is nothing in them to make them stumble. But anyone who hates a brother or sister is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness, and they don't know where they're going because the darkness has blinded them. Do not love the world or the things in the world. 
The love of the Father is not in those who love the world. For all that is in the world, the desire of the flesh, the desire of the eyes, the pride in riches, comes not from the Father, but from the world. And the world and its desire are passing away, but those who do the will of God live forever. This is the word of God for all people. Thanks be to God. May God open our heart for his word, and may God open his word for our hearts. Amen. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for inviting me this morning. My name is Miriam, and maybe you have read in the bulletin, I'm a pastor from Germany moving a couple years ago to Westerville, Ohio. So you could hear probably this morning a sermon with a little German accent. <laughs> if you read through the bulletin, you may have also read that I'm a mom of two little children. And when I look around, I guess a lot of you here are moms and dads too, or maybe grandmas and grandpas, aunts and uncles, and have seen kids playing a couple of times. Can you imagine the following situation? Two young kids, those girls, are playing in their room together. The mom is in the kitchen getting dinner ready. And then she hears a loud screaming and yelling. She pulls the pot from the stove, walking quickly over to the room to see what's going on there. And when she enters the room, she sees the two little girls have set up a tea party with pots and cups and plates. But there is no peace anymore. One wants what the other had, and the other way around, and they were yelling at each other. One is grabbing the other's hair. And the mom is getting right in the middle into it, separating both of them, telling them, Why can't you play nicely with each other? You should share your toys. And then she is leaving again, getting dinner ready. And when she leaves the room, she reminds the two little girls, you are sisters, nice to each other. I guess situations like that happen thousands of times every day. The kids know they should play nicely with each other. They know they should share their toys. They know they should love each other. But even they know, if you can imagine, it is hard sometimes. And when I was reading the words of the scripture this morning, I felt a little bit reminded of this situation. The author of 1 John is not writing a whole bunch of new things. He says, I am writing you no new commandment but an old commandment that you have had from the beginning. And if we think about the old commandment we have from the beginning, that what God and Jesus wanted us to do, the words who come directly to my mind and probably to yours too is, you shall love the Lord your God 
and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And for the writer of First John, that's a circle. If we love God, we will love our neighbor. And if we love our neighbor, we are close to God. I see a lot of people nodding. This sounds so easy, right? <laughs> and I guess you all know that the people in the ancient times knew that too. So why is First John writing a whole letter about this obvious commandment? And if you read through First John last week and the next weeks, I think you will hear that over and over again because First John repeats itself again and again. And thinking about that, I think it's because it's so hard to follow his commandments in the ancient times and even today. It's probably a little bit like the little children I told at the beginning. Even they know they should play nicely. If you're jealous of what the brother or sister has, it's hard. Even if you know you should be sharing and play nice, if what you do doesn't work out, you can get angry, you can get jealous. All these feelings, frustration, come your way. And when I was thinking about love your neighbor as yourself, and if we look honest in ourselves, I guess there are sometimes feelings like that too. Love your neighbor as yourself might be easy, if your neighbor has the same opinion like you have, if he thinks and says the same. And what if you and your neighbor are totally different opinions? And then the discussion heats up. And sometimes I guess it's hard to respect others' opinions. Love your neighbor might be easy if you give to people in need. If someone comes and says, I have nothing, can you help me out? But what if your neighbor needs help? You have known many times that he always had a better job, a better house, a better car, and then gets in trouble. Is it that easy to help out? Love your neighbor might be easy for someone you have sympathy for, but what if your neighbor needs help you really don't like? We always always make bad decisions, and when these bad decisions don't work out, the neighbor steps up and then, oh, can you help me out? I got in trouble. And you're thinking, yes, I knew that five weeks ago. All these feelings make it sometimes hard to be as loving as God wants us to be, and sometimes maybe also as much loving as we want to be, because I think that we want to be that loving, but these feelings cross our way. And I don't want to say this morning, don't have these feelings. I think having these feelings is pretty human. We are human beings, and these feelings belong to us. But I guess why First John is writing about this is, the important point is that these feelings don't take over our hearts that they don't take over our minds, our spirit. Maybe if we feel the feelings are coming our way, the important thing is to calm down, to figure things out, figure out where to put the feelings and how to 
to go in God's love. Because I think this feeling they don't take things away from other people, they take things away from us. If these feelings come our way, they don't take other people away from God. They pull us away from God. And that's what I think is what first John describes this darkness. When he says, whoever says I'm in the light by hating a brother or sister is still in darkness. Whoever hates another believer is in the darkness, walks in the darkness, and does not know the way to go. Because the darkness has brought on blindness. When the feelings take over our heart, I think they lead us to darkness. And first John writes also about blindness. If these feelings take over, we might go blind for our needs, for the needs of our neighbors. And this whole feelings thing, it ends with darkness and blindness is not a great picture. But if we look into the text, the text has also a great promise. Whoever loves a brother or sister lives in the light. And in such a person, there is no cause for stumbling. Isn't that a great picture? If we love a brother and a sister, God's light is shining directly into our hearts. And from our hearts, the light is shining to others. If we lay it in God's love, His love will live in us. And then we can live into the vision God has from us as human beings, as people. He has a vision of us as loving people, shining people. And even if darkness comes away, He still keeps that vision of us. But how to stay in God's love? How do we get to love each other? Probably everybody will find his own answer. But what was interesting on looking for answers to me in this text was, if we look at the letter, there are no advices. John does not write any commandments. In other New Testament letters, we have household codes. How to behave as a wife, how to behave as a husband, how to behave as children, and here, we hear nothing. There is no list what to do, there is no boxes to check. Maybe you remember that from your daily life. I always think that when you're in the hospital. They have a long list and then they check all the boxes to not forget anything. And here, we don't see any box to check, any advice. And thinking about that a couple days, I feel the key which leads us the way will be the beginning of our text. First John says, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, also for the sins of the whole world. I think this message is setting us free. This message is pushing pressure away from us to be good Christians. The text says everything is done for us. We are loved by God. Even if we do sin, we have an advocate, Jesus Christ. And there is nothing we have.
here, there's nothing we have to accomplish to be loved by God. But we are invited to trust this love, remembering God's love will set us free to live and it will set us free to love others. Because as we feel loved, we don't have to be afraid someone will take something away from us. We can say, I'm a beloved child of God. And maybe that's something to take with us in the next week to remember. Do I trust all the love and light God placed in my life? Do I trust all the amazing talents God placed in me? Do I trust I'm a beloved child even if I make mistakes? And I want to stay realistic this morning. Even if I'm a beloved child, I think there might be many times we still feel we are not enough. There are many times we will make mistakes and we will fail. Being Christians does to me not mean being perfect, that we reached already the goal. Being Christian means to me being on the journey with God and His people. And on this journey there might happen mistakes. But it's always being loved and forgiven. And if we go back to the example from the little tea party with the two girls at the beginning, I think it's a little bit like the girls and their parents. These kids will learn to love each other, hopefully. But they will not learn it when their mom will make them lists of rules, will give them advices, will make commandments. Maybe they will have the voices and rules. But I think these rules are not the thing who make them love each other. Make them love each other is a love that parents have for them. And I see a lot of people here, parents, maybe you have said this sentence to your kids too. I heard a couple of weeks ago, I don't like what you are doing right now, but I still love you. Maybe that's something God tells us, getting us in dread loving each other. I don't like what you're doing right now, but I always love you. But love us without any condition. And I think remember this in our heart will make us to loving people, loving people for our neighbors. And that's what First John says, that darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. It's not something that comes in five years. The true light is already shining yet now. And this is a promise for us. The true light is shining in our life and we are called to reach out to the light. We are called to trust God's love for us and live into this picture. Then our light will be shining as a person, as a congregation to others. And I think that's how other people will recognize us as Christians. When we are loving, when I talk to a lot of people about Christians who are not church members in something, they don't have recognition of churches because they make rules and commandments and advices, they tell 
talking about churches where they have seen church members or people reaching out to others and shine into the community. A shining light, I would say, even if I'm preaching this morning, but a shining light, a loving heart, is preaching more than a ton of words. That's right. And I figured out, you have that song in your book too, I got to, I got to know a lot of new church songs here. And this was one I learned at the summer camp a couple weeks ago. It's called, We Are One in the Spirit, We Are One in the Lord. And with me, the chorus was walking away. And they know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Yes, they know we are Christians by our love. I'd like to finish this morning with a quote from Marianne Williamson. Maybe someone nobody knows, but her quote was used by Nelson Mandela in a famous speech. And this quote talks about the light and the love shining in our hearts. And that we should trust the love and the light. And when we trust that, we will shine to others. And the quote says, Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light not our darkness that most frightens us. We as ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. You playing small does not serve the word. There is nothing enlightening about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine, as children do. We are born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. And it's not in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our light shine, we give other people permission to do the same. As we liberate it from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and mind through Jesus Christ. Amen.